This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. You're listening to Women Road Warriors. We're a show designed to empower and inspire women in trucking, in the trades, and everywhere. We cover all kinds of topics, even the tough ones. I'm Shelly, and... I'm Kathy. Our show is about empowering women to achieve big things, and we love to feature guests who've done just that, to give our listeners great insight and inspiration. We have an interesting tale to tell today. When a sassy, ambitious Southern blonde who couldn't keep her mouth shut joins the Secret Service... She stirs up enough trouble to become a White House legend. The one and only Talk Back Barbie. Talk Back Barbie, the Secret Service edition, is a very funny story inspired by true events about the challenging journey of Lauren Fernandez with the Secret Service. When a girly girl wants to catch bad guys, she sets her resume up for success. And just like that, she gets into the Secret Service. But before she can earn her badge, she must overcome the toughest setup yet, the mean technician. Every day he pushes her to fail, mocking and taunting her, ultimately creating Talk Back Barbie. Lauren didn't let the nickname define her. She defined the nickname. But come hell or high water, she sought to earn the respect she knew she deserved. We have Lauren with us today. This is so exciting. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. We're excited. You're quite the legend. (laughs) Tell us more, my goodness. Oh, I just have an exciting story to share with all the women out there who don't think that they can accomplish their dreams. And that's pretty much why I wrote the book. I started writing about a year and a half ago and didn't stop and then ended up hiring a professional editor to help me just make it even better and funnier and and then I got my book and I was so excited about it because I wanted to share my stories of what I went through to be a secret service uniform division officer. And it's a, it's a very challenging job and it's a very serious job, but, and career. However, I wanted to put a whole nother light on it. I wanted humor and I wanted people to see the side of the secret service that nobody gets to see, but also share my personal journey of what I went through being a woman in a male dominated environment and who really had no background or experience in this kind of a career. I wanted to do this, but I didn't know what it really took. And so I went through six months of training, discovering that it took a lot more than I ever thought possible. I had to dig down so deep to discover who I was and to discover that if I wanted this bad enough, I was gonna have to prove myself to everybody on my team and plus the mean technician who had it out for me. Wow, so what kind of training do you go through to be a secret service agent? Yeah, it's very intense federal law enforcement training. So we go three months down at FLETC, which is a federal law enforcement training center in Glencoe, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then we go three months up and the secret service training up in Maryland, Beltsville, Maryland, the JJRTC training center. And it includes physical tactics. So you're doing a lot of mat room training. You're doing a lot of self-defense tactics. You're learning how to, if you're close to an assailant, remove a gun from their hands without obviously getting shot. You are shooting constantly. You're shooting all different types of guns. 
I mean, I'm talking to the point your fingers are blistered, bleeding and raw because wow. you're loading and unloading the magazines and cleaning and taking apart guns constantly. So you're, wow. you're exhausted. You're at your physical limit. Then you have to qualify physically. So you've got push-ups, pull-ups, running a one and a half mile run. You've got, and you have to bench press. I think it's about 80% of your body weight, I believe. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So I, the physical training is unlike anything I had ever been through in my life. I obviously I did lots of sports my whole life. My dad raised my sister and I like boys because he wanted sons. So he raised us tough. And I thought I knew what tough was. I thought going through year round sports and being pushed your limit physically would be enough, but it was, it just prepared me for what I was getting into. Mm -hmm. I didn't really, I was not prepared once I got there and I had to push myself harder than I ever thought possible. You know, I think a lot of people think of G-men. That's another term for secret service. Am I correct? <laughs> yeah. Do, <laughs> they, do, they, uh, they do that with the FBI a lot, the G-man. Actually, oh, okay. that's you say that. That's in my book. <laughs> okay. So do, do they uh, automatically, when you graduate, provide you with a suit and sunglasses? Because I think that's what people think of, you know? Yes. So if I went the agent route, which I was too young to do that. So uniform division you are just stationed at the White House or you're stationed at the vice president's res residency uh -huh. or you're stationed at the foreign mission branches in D.C. So the uniform division is only stationed in D.C., whereas the agents go through a little bit longer training. So if I was in uniform division and I wanted to go become an agent, I would have to go through training again. Woo. Yeah. Wow. So agent training wow. is, is even a little bit more intense than uniform division training because you're closer to the president, you're traveling all over, they are the ones in the suits. So we had a uniform, a button down collared shirt, polyester pants, black boots, we had to have a hat on, and we carried a gun, obviously in badge and baton and all that on our gun belts every day. And we wore a bulletproof vest every single day too. So whether it's hundred degrees or negative 10 degrees, oh. you're in a bulletproof vest. <laughs> oh, so how do you keep from uh, wanting to pass out when it's like hundred <laughs> degrees in your hand? Oh. Well, what's so funny is I have a story in my book about that. And I, again, I'm not a very good, I'm not very good in a military environment. I'm not very good at saying, yes, sir. No, sir. I like to question things and make sure that what I'm doing is right. And mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm a outside the box thinker. I like to think for myself and being in a military environment, you're not really allowed to think for yourself. They want you to say, yes, sir. No, sir. And just do what they say. And I would always ask questions. So I'm at the White House and I am burning up. It's one of those really, really hot summer days. And my shift just got over and I'm walking to the Metro. So I immediately unbutton my shirt. I undo Velcro, the bulletproof vest, because I just need air underneath my clothes because I'm drenched in sweat because you walk, you work outside a lot. You're on foot beats. You're not necessarily in air conditioned spaces all the time. Sure. And and then, so I'm taking all this off and slinging my gun belt over my shoulder and walk into the Metro and they see me on these cameras, which, you know, I'm just thinking I'm off shifts, off duty. So what does it matter? And they call me out over the radio about this. And of course I get in trouble like always, but it was just funny because <laughs> I was always burning up and I was just, I was like, I have to get out of the suit and polyester pants are the worst. Oh, they, and they're super ugly. Oh, they're, so <laughs> they're not your flattering, but, but in the heat, they are sweltering in the heat. And then in the winter, the, the wind just goes right through them. So they are the worst pants. <laughs> <known to me. laughs> not warm in the winter and they are burning up in the summer. And so they are just a nightmare to be in. <laughs> 
I think the only advantage of polyester pants is you can wad them up in a corner and then pick them back up and they won't be wrinkled. You, you know. are exactly right. That's what I love. <laughs> I was like, okay, how can I get through without ironing or putting these in the wash for five days? Right. <laughs> uh, sure. Oh my goodness. So I know as a, as a reporter, I, I've uh, encountered the secret service before. Um, mm -hmm. Are you also trained to, to not smile and to look really stern and have a you know, real <laughs> attitude? <laughs> yeah, you need to. Yes. Because there's actually a picture on the back of my book and it's on my website as well, which is talkbackbarbie.com. And it's me and the secret service. And there's a story about it in my book, because I don't know if you remember the website called Flickr, but yep. Yep was just a for the younger kids out there the Flickr is a website where they just compiled random pictures and people could just upload them about anything and they were on this website so I go in to roll call one morning and everyone's staring at me and laughing and I'm I just I didn't understand what was going on so I lean over to my buddy and I, I ask him hey what's going on and they go your picture's all over the internet it's on the site called Flickr and I'm I, I'm just laughing thinking yeah right he's lying to me he's tricking me again because they always would trick me because I was very gullible. So they would always play pranks on me and do things that I would obviously do. And then they'd laugh at me and tell me that that was just a joke. So I didn't oh, believe geez. them at first. So I decided to go and investigate this. And that was the picture that's on the back of my book was somebody took it while I was working a footbeat outside the white house. And I do, I have that mean stern look on, I have my FBI black glasses on my arms crossed. I like to say it's my you know, witch faced, I guess you could, <laughs> but yes, you, I was never taken seriously because I looked like I was 12 anyway, working for <laughs> service. Even though I was and so I had to be sterner than ever because people thought I was either an actress. One guy started taking photos of me because he thought I was playing in a, a role in a movie. He didn't think I was a real secret service officer. Really? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Not kidding. Then I go and work the treasury building and I'm just scanning in their bags and everybody who works there. And this lady starts laughing and she goes, can I just ask how old you are? She goes, you look like you are 16 years old. And of course I'm offended because I'm, I'm like, you can't carry a gun unless you're 21. <laughs> right. And so anyway, I just got that, that happened to me all of the time. And I started to doubt myself a little bit. I'm like, is this really for me? Because nobody takes me seriously. So it was definitely a challenge. That's for sure. You had challenges all over the place. I mean, obviously people weren't taking you seriously because of that. And then when you're dealing with nothing, probably, but men and yep. men have egos mm -hmm. and oh my goodness, I would think that uh, men in the secret service area would really have big egos. Oh, so that's the whole story is the reason I got the nickname Talkback Barbie is all because of this mean technician I worked with. And obviously I don't use any real names in the book. That's why his name is mean technician mm -hmm. technician. I don't know if people know what a technician is, but he, he was basically the mat room trainer. So in training, you have technicians who are do specialized training. So somebody is a technician there, maybe your firearms technician, or they're your mat room technician, or, you know, they have different names. So he was our technician. And the minute I walked into training with my two pink Vera Bradley bags, he had it out for me. He looked at me and basically said, Hey, that girl is not going to pass training. She is not qualified and cut out to be a Secret Service Uniform Division officer, and I'm going to make sure that she fails training. So before I'd even said anything, he judged a book by its cover and put me up against really challenging situations that nobody else in the class had to encounter. And I took those, I basically took the bull by the horn. And instead of him letting me 
put me down and made me feel like a failure and he made me feel bad about myself, I turned that around and I used it to empower me. And I used his, him putting me in these really hard situations to look at him and say, Hey, you're going to, you're going to challenge me. I'm taking your, I'm accepting your challenge. And instead of him putting me down, it actually made me stronger and it made me grow and want to prove myself even more. So he didn't really know who he was dealing with because he thought that this dainty little blonde debutante from Georgia was going to be, you know, basically run away with my leg, my my tail between my legs. And instead I took him on and I proved myself and just showed him that I could do it no matter what situation he put me in. Good for you. No kidding. That's like GI Jane uh, with Demi Moore, that movie. Yes. I yeah. was trying to like uh, squish her down and she's like, Oh hell no, that ain't happening. I uh-huh. actually quote the Sergeant from GI Jane in the end of my book because that movie, <laughs> do you? Yes, I do. Because that movie had such an impact on me. I just, I, you know, you get in these situations where people can, you have these dreams and obviously you want to have your dreams you want to attain your dreams. Yeah. But you get in these situations where people discriminate against you. They tell you you're not good enough. They tell you you can't do it. They tell you you're not strong enough. Mm-hmm. They tell yeah. you you're too girly. They tell you all these things. And it's how you accept those things in your mind. So if you let those things like a nickname like Talkback Barbie get you down. So if I looked at Talkback Barbie and I was like, oh, whining every day, that's such a horrible name. They're calling me a Barbie. They don't think I can do anything. They don't think I'm qualified. They just think I talk back all the time. And instead I turned that as into something really positive. Talkback Barbie is empowering and she was strong. And yeah, her mouth maybe got her in trouble, but it, it showed you that she could stand up for herself and she wasn't gonna let anybody run over her. And that's the whole thing with Talkback Barbie. Yes, I talk a lot. And yes, I I don't talk, I think for myself, but that's what Talkback Barbie is all about is thinking for herself and standing on her own two feet and proving herself. Not this you know, Barbie doll that stands in the corner and cries. I think that's absolutely wonderful. Um, like for myself, I, I, I grew up since a very young being told how useless and how stupid and how ugly and how I'd never amount to nothing. And, you know, right all like and and I believed it from for many many years and even though I was a nurse for 13 years I still carried that that negative self image with me even though I'm intelligent you know I got a great career um I would still tend to believe that you know told that I wasn't good enough okay. and when I lost that career and I, and I I now became a heavy equipment operator well something had changed in between where I le- I had to unlearn everything that was taught mm-hmm. because my, my character isn't, wasn't quite like yours and I had to relearn things. And then I had to accept that, damn it, I'm awesome. I freaking rock. Right. Yeah. And so when, now when I got the job for uh, operating the largest equipment in the world, one time I had this, 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 this flashback where all these negative things were coming at me. And I, I just, I took, I took a deep breath. I'm like, oh, heck no, I will not let my past define who I am. I threw it out the window and I used all that thing, all the, the negative, And like you say, turned it into a positive. And I'm like, who is driving this truck? <laughs> not the people that told me that I was, uh, you know, a waste of skin and all that. I am. I did this. And from that moment on, I learned to, to reshape my thinking, my mindset, my, my strategic uh, planning towards myself, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. in how I, I viewed things. And what you just said is exactly that. It, it's, it's a perspective. It's, if someone's telling you something, that's their opinion. 
It doesn't mean that that's who you are because you're not. And I think it's absolutely fabulous that you, that you were able to do that at such a young age where like for me, it took me till I was like 42, but for you to do that at such a young age in such a, a, a tough environment, that's fabulous. Like, kudos to you, man. You're my new hero. I'm still learning though. <laughs> I'm still growing and learning and, and developing. And, and I'm, I'm trying to understand. That's the reason I wrote the book too, is I'm trying to understand the person who I've become today. And I wish I knew what I knew now, what I knew back then. Like, I wish I knew. <laughs> me too. Don't we all? Yes. Don't no. we all? <laughs> yes, because it's just, I'm such a strong, confident person now. And don't get me wrong. I was back then too. But when you're young, I was finding myself and discovering myself. And I obviously was very strong, but I've become stronger through everything I've gone through. And I've just, I've just, I've developed even every year. It's something new that I'm, I'm going through and I'm learning and I'm growing. And that strength, I just get so discouraged when so many, like what you said, when so many people tell tell somebody what they are, they call them a name and then they let that define them. They, instead of just saying, Hey, I appreciate your opinion, or maybe taking what they say and trying to learn from it, but not defining themselves as what they're saying. And that to Mm -hmm. me is so important. That is the most important message of Talkback Barbie is the fact that people can say whatever. I'll give you an example. When I was in high school, a kid was, you know, they were just trying to be kids and they were, they wanted to cut me down. It wasn't because I ate too much or anything like that. They just wanted to call me a pig because they thought that that would cut me down. And I turned around and I looked at them and I go, thank you. Thank you so much for calling me a pig. I said, I love pigs. They're one of my favorite animals. I go, one day I'm going to have a pig as a pet. And I go, so thank you very much for calling me that. I appreciate I go, I really, that's a really sweet name. You just called me. <gasps> You're so awesome. Uh, yes. yes. I love you. Oh, that's great. They never called my name again. And it was because they thought they were cutting me down. And I turned around and I said, no, I, I love pigs. That's a compliment. And they, they were shell-shocked. They had no idea. <laughs> I love that. It is. It's great. Well, they didn't know what to say to you. No, yeah. they had no yeah. idea. And so that is what I'm trying to, and every day we're learning something new about ourselves. And I'm sure every day we're growing and you're not going to know at 22 who you are as a person, obviously, but there's, there's so much that you can use to just build your confidence and build your, your security and build Mm -hmm. who you are. And one of the biggest messages too, is dreams change. My ultimate dream was to be an FBI agent and work for the FBI violent crimes unit. I wanted to solve crimes and figure out serial killers and what they, why they think the way they think. Obviously I'm not doing that today, but it's because my past changed and and they Mm -hmm. veered, but it doesn't mean I was a failure just because I didn't achieve my dream. It just means my dream changed. And now I'm just following a different path and trying to do that instead. And which is promoting my book. I work part-time and I just want to share the message of Talkback Barbie. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know what, this is the best place to do it because we our show gears to so many women. And from my personal experience, a lot of women suffer from low Mm self-esteem, lack of self-confidence. And, you know, they're always second guessing their decisions and, oh, I don't know. And, you know, and, and so your message is absolutely beautiful and perfect and empowering. And I love it. You're having bubbly energy. You're a true inspiration, Lauren. This is excellent. My question is, what did you pull from within yourself 
to surmount these obstacles with the, the mean technician and being called talk back Barbie. Um, it's so easy to want to give up or to get so mad. You just, you're out of control. How did you surmount that? Don't get me wrong. There were times, many times I wanted to quit. Uh, there, there always is because life is hard, but I think it, I dug down so deep because in high school, I told everyone I was going to work for the FBI. I've told everybody that that was my dream and my goal. I wanted to prove myself. Everyone laughed and they thought, oh my gosh, she's never going to be carrying a gun. She's never going to be a cop or secret service agent or anything like that. And I think I wanted to prove myself more than anything. I wanted to prove to everybody that I set out to accomplish a dream and that I was going to do it no matter what was set in my way or put in front of me. But the biggest thing that I think helped me, I had a really, really amazing support system. My dad was a hundred percent on board with me wanting to work for the secret service. He still to this day will tell anyone and everyone about his daughter who worked for the secret service. He brags about it. He loves it. He is so excited that I did what I did. My mom so supports everything that I do as well. She's always backing me and my decisions. And then my husband was there supporting me. So I had just a really good support system when I was down or discouraged people I could talk to who continually supported me and pushed me to keep going on and to keep going because they knew that it was going to benefit me if I just, if I didn't quit. That's so important. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that you ran into some obstacles where uh, the guys were trying to get you to cry, you know, (laughs) because that seems to be a game, you know? Right. I only cried once when the mean, when I got the nickname Talkback Barbie, and that was not because of the nickname I cried. It was because the technician screamed so loud and spit in my face and basically was cussing me out, telling me that, you know, I just needed to shut up, shut my mouth. It's a long story. I was wearing a watch in a situation when we were doing a real life scenario situation and he saw it sparkle in the sunlight and he comes up to me and he, he was like, officer Lesby, what is on your wrist? And I tell him, I go, oh, sir, you mean the watch? And he goes, yes, you know that there is no jewelry allowed in the mat room. And I looked at him and I said, instead, in that situation, I should have said, just said, yes, sir, right? But I didn't. I said, but I don't understand. We're not in the mat room. We're in a real life scenario. Aren't we allowed to wear jewelry when we're working at the White House? And he looked at me and got like inches away from my face, screaming, spitting. His face was super red. And he was like, get out of my face right now. I mean, screaming so loud, the guys about half a mile away at another training uh, scenario heard him. Okay. That's how loud he's yelling. Wow. And he told me to get out of his face. He didn't want to talk to me. I had to go write a memo and I had to go call my sergeant and I was done for the day. And it was because I questioned what he said. And granted, I was correct in what I said, because we were in a real life scenario and you can wear jewelry at the White House. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> he just didn't like it because I proved him wrong, and mm. and that was the male chauvinist attitude that he had. He just thought everything he said and did was right, and I hated that because not everybody's right all the time. We all make mistakes. We're all wrong, and I just cannot stand it if someone's trying to tell me to do something that is not right and it's incorrect, mm. and I know it's incorrect. I'm not. I'm not just gonna. If you tell me to jump off a bridge, I'm gonna question it. And I'm gonna say, yeah. hey. Is this a good thing for me? Is this a bad thing for me? Why am I going to do it? I'm going to go through the whole scenario. And then I'm going to say, okay, maybe it's good for me to do this today. Or maybe it's not. This sounds like a really bad idea. That's 
I'm a just, I'm a free thinker. And so the military environment was a little tough. <laughs> I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that it taught you something though? I, it, I, I agree with you. I, I'm not one that likes to take orders. Um, <laughs> You created problems for me growing up and I used to question adults and everything else. Me too. Were you able to actually take that and, and, and learn something and, and build some strength from it though? hundred percent. The whole, the whole reason, again, I wrote the book is I, it was a learning experience for me. I talk about all these scenarios and I talk about actually how the technician, you know, he wasn't, yes, he was challenging me and making me go through these struggles but in reality, it was making me stronger. I was going through situations that other trainees weren't going through. For instance, we had to do this situation where you have to flip, uh, someone comes up behind you and tries to you know, put his arms around your neck or whatever to choke you and you flip them over your shoulder. Well, everybody else, it's a training lesson. So everyone else is paired up with similar stature, people of similar heights, weight. And he pairs me up with the guy who weighs 300 pounds, 6'5". I'm 5'5", weighing 120 pounds. So you can only imagine the struggle. I had to flip this guy over my shoulder and then he had to flip me over his. And every time he did it over his shoulder, I was knocked out of air because he's, I, he's being as gentle as possible, but he's throwing me from six feet, five inches high. I mean, you yeah. can only be as gentle as possible landing on your back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. So he's pairing me up because he's trying to challenge me and give me ultimate challenges. And I talked to a girl the other day on another podcast and she, she hit the nail on the head. She goes, but isn't what he did preparing you for the real world. And I was taken aback by that. And I said, you are so right. What he did, he was challenging me and putting me in these horrible situations because he wanted me to fail. But in reality, I was getting better training than everyone else in that, in that mm -hmm. mat room, because I was having to deal with a real life situation. If I was alone and had to tackle some guy that was double my weight, I, I was getting the best training possible. And, yeah. you know, I never looked at it like that, but in reality, he was training me to be even better than everybody else. And I kind of love that. So looking back, I, I actually think I benefited more than the other trainees. That went through my head, actually. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, uh, he was actually doing her a favor, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is not thing. what he wanted to do, but, you know, it backfired on him. Right. And I didn't <laughs> notice that until I wrote the book and I started reminiscing about everything that's happening and talking about the, my story. And I realized, hey, he was trying to hurt me. Thank goodness I didn't break any bones or sprain any ankles. He was trying to hurt me, but in reality, he was training me for the real world. What is the actual percentage of women in secret service? Uh, I know that uh, I think it's about 10% women in, in transportation, driving truck or heavy haul and that sort of thing. Right. It's probably similar. I don't know the exact percentage. I think when I was doing a podcast the other day, they said about 9% was what we researched. And so it could have gone up since I've, I've looked into it but it's a very small percentage of women. So I was a minority, obviously, in a male-dominated environment, straight out of college. So there, I was definitely in a very unique position. And I think that's something that's a good takeaway from the book as well, is it just wasn't a good fit for me. I was missing out on holidays. I was missing out on girls' night out, let's say, because my, my days off could be canceled at a drop of a hat if they needed more workers they would cancel your days off. They would force you to stay four more hours over. Over. So if you had an appointment you had to get to or anything, you had to cancel everything at a drop of a hat because they needed bodies, obviously, at the White House. And that's a very important job and career, but it's 
I only worked there a year and a half and it was daunting and tiring. And you are physically and mentally exhausted from the cons, the long hours, the shift work, the, you know, working, working the morning shift, having to go home and sleep and then being forced into the midnight shift that evening. Mm, it is swing shifts. Very, I've done those. Yeah. Yes. That's tough. It is tough. It's tough on your body and it's mm-hmm. tough on your family. And I was newly married at the time and it's, it was very tough. And I decided to choose family over a lifestyle of crazy hours, shift work, moving around all the time, traveling all the time. I just, I wanted to have a family over that. And that's why I ended up leaving. I, I know like in my personal job, I work for two weeks up North. I fly up North Canada and I live there for two weeks and I work 13 hour shifts, whether it's day shifts or night shifts. And my whole life is geared there. So it's very yep. difficult. Like my, my, my girl's 27, so it's not so bad, but for the other women, like we have 140 men or our crew is 140. There's only 12 women. And a lot of most women there that are, that are working, their kids are young and they, you know, they're gone for two weeks at a time. And we don't have that. We're not allowed any electronics. We don't have access to, to, to the phone until after the shift and people, you know, it's very, very hard on family life. These, these odd, weird jobs that we have, I do get two weeks off after, but you know, it's right. not that easy. But yeah. it is hard. And when your kids are older, and that's what I've always said, when my my son's yeah. eight right now, and for me, I wanted to be the best mom I could be. And yeah. my choice was that if I was going to have the best, be the best mom I could be, it was going to, it could not be in a working environment like that for me. And that's my personal choice. And other people yeah. love that. They maybe like taking a two week break from their kids and, and coming back. But for me, I wanted to say, hey, if I mess up my child, it's my fault. Or if my child's amazing, it's it's my fault too. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I wanted it to be on me, no matter what, however he turned out. And I don't know, to me, that was yeah. really important. But I, I didn't have him for a while afterwards. I left the Secret Service way before he was born. So I, I want to get back to something because um, right now, in the world, a lot of people are really struggling. And mm-hmm. um, I know in my own personal journey when I lost my nursing career I lost everything I owned I ended up like drunk and homeless on the streets I'd been robbed I had absolutely nothing and it was very difficult standing there at the age of 42 um, shaking in my boots trying to figure out life and it was it was my worst moment what was your worst moment and how did you find the inner strength to make that decision to, to, to keep going or to change, change your direction or change your train of thought? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think it was when I got the nickname Talkback Barbie, when he was screaming in my face and because it was the one, one and only time I cried in front of my class. It was the one and only time that they actually saw me cry. I'm very good at hiding my emotions. I'm very good at holding back tears until I'm in a private room or area. Mm -hmm. That one really shook me to the core. And the reason being is because I think I was, I know I was right, but sometimes Mm -hmm. I wish I just had the ability to keep my mouth shut. And I think I just learned so much about myself that if I was going to get through training and I was going to prove myself to this mean technician that I needed to ship shape it up and I needed to change my tone a little bit and I needed to keep my mouth shut a little bit more And I had to really dig down deep because that's not who I am. That's not my person personality. I mean, I was in trouble in school all the time being kicked out into the hallway because of talking too much. So 
I did that too. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> so it's never changed. <laughs> my, my slogan is I used to get in trouble for talking. Now I get paid for it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying though. These qualities that these kids have that might be annoying as a child, or you're getting in trouble as a child for it. Actually, they could be things that really turn into something profitable in your future. Yeah. And that I, I guess, sorry, to, I guess what I was trying to, to, to ask you was yeah. that when you went home that night, what was it that made you, because most people, you know, a lot maybe would have said, you know what, I'm not going back to, to be treated like that. Right. What was it in you that said, no, I'm going to finish this up. Like what made you go back the next day, I guess is what I'm trying oh, to ask. I, I just couldn't give up. It was, I had to prove to him. I wasn't going to let him have the upper handle, uh, the upper hand. And for me, it was, it was the fact that I just had to, pr I had to prove it. Yeah. I, I okay. sucked it up and I, I just looked at myself and that night I just talked to myself and basically said, Hey, you need, you need to take a chill pill on your mouth. You need to tone it down. You need to just, you need to get through training and you need to prove to this guy that he's not going to talk to you like that. He's not going to treat you like that. And that if he does, he's going to make you stronger, not weaker. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the fact that he might, because he saw me cry, he might've thought he had the upper hand and, and was able to dig into me and make me weaker. He might've thought that I was going to give up and quit. And I think it was the fact that I had to get back there and, and go show up the next day and say, Hey, just because you saw me cry doesn't mean I'm weak. So I think it was just the inner, my, my inner being wanting to inner fire. <laughs> yes. No, yeah. I you know what it was. I find that really interesting because that was what I did. I had to self-talk my way yes. through those moments. And you, that's what you did. So when, for all the women out there that are, are struggling, this is, this is a tool, right? Mm -hmm. That to, to be able to actually look at your situation look at your own, um, your own ways of, of, of responding to something. Okay. What, what is it about myself that I could change that I could flip around? What am I not doing right in this situation? How can I make this better? And for me, I knew I had to change my way of thinking. I had to change something and you, you sounds like you, you're the same. And I think that's a really good exactly message for anybody struggling out there. You know what, exactly what you said, you have to change your way of thinking. If you are a negative person and a glass half full and all this kind of stuff. And you constantly, someone says something to you and it's, it's your initial fee, uh, reaction is that was negative. That was negative. That was to put me down. That was to cut me down. Or mm -hmm. you can change your mind way of thinking. And the minute they say something, you can say, Hey, maybe, you know, I think they were trying to actually give me some good feedback and, and help me be a better person. I need to take that and see what I can peel away from the layers and, and what, how I can make myself better from what they said, or, you know, maybe use it as an encouragement to keep mm -hmm. going or to fight harder. Or maybe it was just, they, they're insecure about them, their own, them, their own selves. So take it and leave it and say, Hey, they were just cutting themselves me down because they don't feel good about themselves and, and move on. It's all about the way you think. And you've yeah. got to, and especially nowadays with women, you see these magazines that everyone just looks so perfect. You see just jobs in general and, you know, trying to balance home life with kids and women are so negative on themselves. Mm. They are constantly cutting themselves down, saying they're not good enough. Maybe they're hearing it from their spouses. Maybe they're hearing it from their children. Maybe they're hearing it from friends who knows where they're hearing it from, but you have got to believe in yourself. You've got to change that thinking because God made us all so unique and so different for a reason. How boring would it be if, if everyone was just like me? Oh, that'd be <laughs> awful. You know, uh, you'd be talking to somebody the same. You wouldn't even, oh, that would be terrible. 
So I, I, I love that we're all unique and different. And I think it's just having the power of changing your thinking is mm-hmm. key to everything. And always looking at your blessings, not your misery and your curses and your challenges. Look at what you have right. that you can be, that you are blessed with and go from there. You know, the biggest thing for me was learning to not define myself on what the opinions of other people it's because for the longest time, I think it was just growing up in such a violent uh, child childhood that um, I, I took everything so personally. And it was very hard for me to, to learn to say someone um, like with boundaries, learn to, to tell someone that, you know what, that's what you think. And that's fine. Like, whatever, it doesn't affect me because I had to, when I had to relearn who I was as a person, how awesome I am, <laughs> that if you think that I'm fat and ugly and stupid, well, that's you, right? And it doesn't have anything to do with me and who I am because I know who I am and I freaking rock. <laughs> that's so yeah. Yeah. it's learning to do that, right? To, to, yeah. to recognize the difference. That is amazing. I, I'm telling you, that is that is the key, honestly, to happiness in life too. It not, is. And every time someone said something negative to me, I've realized that they are, it is something that they're saying to me because that's how they personally feel about themselves. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's an attack basically. Yes. Yeah, it is. And, and that's just, you have, and also jealousy. I, I, oh, I found yeah. that people, um, when they try to bring you down, it's because they, they see something in you that they don't have. That's right. right. And they want, I, I remember being, my ex used to squish a uh, stomp on my chest with his foot as if he was trying to put out a cigarette, trying to burn to squish that inner light, that inner fire that I have. And when, when, I, when he did that, I actually started laughing and I'm like, you idiots, like th- you can't put that out. Like it's, I, I own that and you'll, you will never have that. Well, that got me another beating, but, but, you know, it was, it was so, to me, it was so ridiculous. That's when I understood um, how that it was a jealousy thing. No, you're exactly right. And if you have that inner light that just keeps you pushing and keeps you motivated and keeps you going for your dreams, nobody can take that away from you because you know that only you, the only person who can take it away from you is yourself because you're willing to give it up. Oh, I love you. You're awesome. You're so right. Yes. (laughs) Then you know what? Then that's on you. And the only Uh fail is because you failed. Nobody can keep you from your dreams. Now, maybe they can give, make you make more challenges and more obstacles in your way, but nobody can keep you from your dream. If you have an attainable dream and you want it bad enough. When the obstacles come and they do come and they will keep coming. The biggest thing is either when you look at that mountain of, of problems or whatever it is, do you just like say, oh yeah, no, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be and turn around and walk away. Or do you say, okay, is this is what I got to look at? Okay. This is how I'm going to deal at it piece by piece until I make it through that mountain until I get to the other side. You gotta, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of perspective, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. And I'm just a glass half full person. And when I have a mission set, I, I just keep going. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> You just, I I don't know what it is. That's why I have to be ready. If I decide on something, I better be ready to go full force on it because I'm never going to look back once I go for something. And that was kind of how it was with the book. I was, my dad five years ago told me I should, should write a book. And I laughed Mm -hmm. in his face and told him, dad, that's never going to happen. Books are hard to write. I have nothing to say. I can't do it. I can't do it. And one day I just started writing 
and it came to fruition. And I knew that the minute this started, I was never going to look behind me again. And I haven't, I've just pushed full force podcasts, radio shows. Oh, I know all of it. Writing writing my book changed my life too. I hand wrote it in a month sitting in that truck at work because we're not allowed, allowed electronics. They wouldn't allow me a voice recorder either. So I had to hand write it and it's so, I was the same, right. And writing that book. And I say that to anybody listening out there, if you have something you want to share, you want to, you want to say, you want to write, write it out, believe in yourself, writing a book. I was, is not, you don't require special skills. You have something to say, do it. Yeah. Because you don't know what your story, how your story is going to inspire yeah. somebody else. Yeah. That's right. That's I right. Mean, your story is beyond inspiring. Just the little tidbits I've heard from today. <laughs> I, mean, I am just like in awe. <laughs> it is amazing. Absolutely. But it just keeps uh, you going. And you obviously, both of you have the fire in you that just doesn't get, make it easy to give up. And I think that's pretty much what I wanted to share with everybody with my book is that Talk Back Barbie isn't just a Barbie doll. She's somebody who has fire and doesn't want to, she wants to prove herself and doesn't ever want to give up when she sets her mind on something. And that's what it is. It's just going forward and being part of life and being happy in life, but not because everything's perfect because Lord knows it's not, but it's because I look at everything in a positive light. I try to take something positive out of everything that's ever happened. And and that's what I do in the book. That's why I want you to laugh at the book and laugh with me, at me. I don't care what you do when you read the book, but I, I want laughter because I have found that laughing in a, in a moment that might be really challenging is something, it helps me get through it so much better and easier because laughter has kept me yep. sane. <laughs> it really, me too. Me too. Absolutely. But laughter, it is so important. It just, it increases your endorphins. It increases yep. everything. I mean, sometimes if you just sit here in, in the silence and you just burst into laughter, it, you all of a sudden feel better. So yeah. that's yep. what I wanted to do too, is just, I want people to just laugh and be able to laugh. Even if you make a mistake, who cares? We all make mistakes. We're not perfect. Yep. Laugh at yourself. Yep. Get up, keep going. When I was young, uh, my mom, I think I was 14 or 13. The best lesson she ever taught me was we were walking down the street and there was this woman that was really all wrinkly and angry and her, you know, the tight face and <laughs> yeah. stiff fists and arms and just like angry. And my mom looked at me and she says, if you don't learn to laugh at life and your problems, you're going to look just like that. You're going to die a crispy old woman <laughs> That <laughs> stuck with me like, oh my gosh. And so we've always, always, no matter what's going on in life, if you find the ability to smile, laugh at the situation and said, oh my God, that was ridiculous. Did you see what I just did? Yeah. It, it may, it changes things. It really does. It does. And I am, I am good for your mental health anyway. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm a perfect example of that. And just writing. And I agree. If somebody has a story to tell, write it. Just, I'm perfect example. I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I had anything to say. Me neither. I've never written a book before. Like, I'm like, what? I don't even know where to start. Right. It's a whole new world. Start. I have no, I still don't know where to go. I'm still learning every single day, researching, figuring out what what to do with my life, how how to get this out there. And it's a, it's a learning process every single day, but it keeps you engaged and it keeps you meeting wonderful people. And it's it's a journey. It is. It is. It is. And that's what life's about. I mean, it's exhilarating to say, Hey, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up because you're always learning. Yes. And it's so what are your plans coming up? Like what's, what's next? 
So what my dream and goal and where I'm taking this next, I'm trying to turn it into a Netflix series, Ooh. Amazon Prime series, Ooh. Think Legally Blonde meets Miss Congeniality and you get a feel for Talkback Barbie. There you so, go. I like that. Yeah. So I just, I think in this day and age right now with everything that happened with COVID and people, I, we need a good family comedy that we can just, it'll bring the family together, something that you can laugh at, but something mm -hmm. that is entertaining and funny. I just, I think it would be just such a good family friendly film or yeah. TV show that I just think we need that nowadays. If you look, you know, Netflix has a lot of shows now that are, they're great and they're entertaining, but maybe they're not family friendly per se. Right. And mm -hmm. I just, I feel like we need something that brings the families together and something that we can just learn and laugh. And it's based on a true story too. So it's kind of entertaining that way. <laughs> And, and we have become so divisive and angry, I think. Mm -hmm. So absolutely yeah. having something that can unify and people can laugh yeah. and they walk away in a better mood. It's, it's just got to be something that is better for everybody. Right. And that's my message. I just, I want people to be happy and appreciative of the blessings that they have and not always be keeping up with the Joneses and looking at everybody else around them and trying to be them instead of just being yourself. And I, my husband never wanted me to write this book and never wanted me to put it out there because he was like, uh, are you sure you really want people to read these stupid things that you did? And I was, I looked at him and I said, yes, I am confident. I am so confident in myself that people can make fun of me, laugh at me, whatever they want to do. But my message is so important. And I'm learning mm -hmm. about myself by writing this book that I wanted to put it out there. And I go, I don't care if people think I'm the next Jessica Simpson. I don't care. They can laugh at me, but I want it to go out there because I think it is entertaining. It is funny and it is just, and it's educational. Beautiful. It's excellent. And what, and the thing is, so uh, people are going to have their own perceptions. You can't control what other people think and people right. are going to either like you or they're yeah. not going to like you. And it's, you yeah, know, it's cares? just another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I take it with a grain of salt. I say, Oh, you don't like me? Okay, then you don't have to be my friend. But if you want to be my friend, I'll be your friend. Like, that's how I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll be your friend in spite of you, right? Right. I yeah. don't care. I am yeah. I I'm a friend, even if the person hates me, I will do things for them. I just feel like being a nice person and a good person is what it's about. We have one life to live and mm -hmm. I want to live it to my fullest. Do you, did you have any techniques that you used when you did have some negative self-talk that you could get out of that mindset? Trying to just, I always would have to turn everything positive. So for instance, a lot of women think, you know, I'm not good enough. That's one of the biggest things that they say to myself. I I'm, I'm, I don't have the perfect body. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Well, you change your mindset by saying, okay, but what I, what am I good at? What are you good at? Don't say I'm not good enough. Maybe you're not good enough at math and because that's a fact, okay? Maybe I'm not that great at math, but I, I, okay, I know that. I'm not very good at science. Okay, I know that. But what am I good at? Well, I'm really good at talking. I'm good at writing. I'm good at being friendly to others. I, I love being around other people. Talk, talk to yourself. And when you talk to yourself, you tell yourself what you are good at. Not, don't bring out the negative things because if you start listing off all the bad things, that's mm -hmm. all you're going to see. You've That's got right. to look at all the positive things that you, that you are good at. And then maybe you say, Hey, I, maybe you're a little bit overweight. It's not that you're fat or you're ugly or you're disgusting. It's that, okay, maybe I'm going to choose to eat a salad today for lunch and be healthier so that I feel better. Maybe you feel great and you don't feel bad at all. Then own it, but then feel comfortable in your skin and who you are as a person. 
Don't let other people tell you that. So I think the self-talk is always, I take everything and I turn it into something positive. So let's say I even get a bad review on the book. It's, I turn it into something positive. I look at what they said and I'm like, you know, I could agree with that. I could agree with that, but they did this or they did this instead. And I turn it into something positive. Hey, they took the time to even review my book. I love that. That's a positive. And so, and it's not for everybody. So it's just, it's all how you talk to yourself and people out there. If you don't have uh, women out there, whatever, you don't have a good support system and you don't have anybody that you can share with or talk to, you are more than welcome to contact me on my website. There's a chat box and I am more than willing to talk to you, encourage you, motivate you to get going and to fulfill those dreams or just to get over something in your life maybe that you're feeling down about. If you don't have that support system, I am more than willing to talk to you and fulfill that need if you need it. That's awesome. awesome. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how we still have self-doubt and, and, and uh, certainly with the advertising and everything else, I mean, you're supposed to be perfect and you're supposed to be so pretty and your house has got to be perfect and your children and blah, blah, blah. There's no way anybody could live up to no. that kind of standard and they don't market to men that way, which is interesting. Uh, women, I think, have to get beyond themselves and their self-doubt. And even if their families growing up did not give them that self-doubt, just being out in the real world, they're getting those kind of messages. So, I mean, they're constantly have to struggle with that. No, it's, it's out there all the time. And listen, I know you've been listening to me on this radio show. I am not perfect either. I still have self-doubts. You don't know how many times I still, even after podcasts and radio shows, I doubt, oh, is my message ever going to get out there? Is anyone ever going to hear about my book? You know, I've been working so hard day in and day out. Don't listen, guys. It is constantly, we are going to think that way, regardless of what I said, but it's all about taking it day by day. You might have a day where you're overwhelmed and overworked. Take a breather, take a day off, Yeah. take yeah. a weekend. Be kind to your mind. Yes. Yeah. Don't schedule anything, sit in a hot tub, whatever it might be, drink a glass of wine. You know what? Just, but you need self-help days and you need those days to rejuvenate and regain that your strength mm-hmm. again. There are days we get overwhelmed and overworked all the time. And we have to take vacations and we have to take a little bit of time off so that we can recoup that energy again, that inner fire. It's not that the fire goes out. It's that the fire gets tired. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? For sure. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to yeah. rebuild that, you know, rekindle it. Rekindle that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And self-help Absolutely. does that a lot. Just taking that time for yourself, even if it's just a manicure and pedicure, go enjoy it. You know, like when I travel on my days off, I, uh, I go to different countries and I work with women in the shelters. I work with kids in schools. I go to juvenile homes. I even visit prisons, but um, during my time, because this is supposed to be my days off, I, I, I arrange it so that I visit the schools in the morning. I visit the shelters and the other homes in the evening. And I take Kathy time in the afternoon. I, cause I love the ocean. I just lay there on the sand in the ocean and that's my time to rejuvenate. And it's so important. And the one thing I can say is that my 13 years of nursing, I lost myself because I was so busy taking care of everybody else. That's it's right. so yeah. important to take care of you because you are number one. Mm-hmm. And I learned that the hard way because I, I, I forgot how to take care of myself. And I find for people um, who are caregivers, for loved ones that are um, 
are, are have health issues or are dying of cancer and you have a lot going on or for people caring for parents with aging parents with multiple issues even alzheimer's it's very demanding to take that time that five minutes no matter what you are doing even if you got to go sit in the bathroom for five minutes but to do that to get your inner strength again to 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 find what is gonna keep you going you know in in a healthy way in a so healthy many moms way. do not know how to do that and i just i no. don't i don't understand because i know we're all human beings and we all have a little selfishness inside of each and every one of us and that's but that's fine if you utilize it in the right way. Right. And what I mean by that is so many moms just are doing and doing and doing for their kids constantly. And I literally look at my friends and I go, well, what, but what do you do for yourself? When do you take time? When do you do girls nights? When do you yeah. just go on date nights? When do you go and do yeah. these things for you? Just go and get a manicure and pedicure just an hour away from your children. And I have found I'm a better mom when I go and do that stuff. I'm part of a mm-hmm. tennis team. I'm part of a wine club. I'm part of a book club. I, I mean, I am constantly engaged and being able to be a woman by socializing, talking with your friends, having adult conversations, but then I'm still a mom because I've been here all day with my child. I fixed them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I've taken them wherever. Maybe we've gone to the pool. Maybe we've gone to the zoo. I've been there for them. So they, they know mm-hmm. I'm there and I love yeah. them. But in the evenings when my husband's home and he can watch him, I will go and do some stuff for me, some self-care mm-hmm. so that I can be a better person. And it's helped me tremendously because it takes your mind off of the day, the daily grind. That's right. It's absolutely essential. We're coming to the top of the hour here. Uh, and I wanted to have everybody know where they can get your book, Lauren, because, oh my gosh, it's, it's a one you don't want to put down. <laughs> it's a quick read. So if you don't like reading, it's a quick read and it's super entertaining and you will just laugh and learn a lot about the secret service, but you can find it on my website, www.talkbackbarbie.com. So you can buy the book on my website. And if you do purchase it through there, I will personally sign each and every one of them and it, mail it out. You can also buy the Kindle version on Amazon and you can buy the paperback on Barnes at barnesandnoble.com as well. Excellent. Oh my gosh, Lauren, you're a champion for women. What an inspiration. Thank you so much. Absolute delight. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelly Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live. All of the material you hear on tncradio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of tncradio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at tncradio.live.